Blog Talk Radio. Boxing, 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 Hands down, the best boxing intro in this here iTunes blog talk podcasting business. It's the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. I'm your man, JP. Some of y'all know me as Heavy Handed J over there from the Relatively Fat and Black Podcast. It's the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. It's Easter Sunday, y'all. And it's also been a great boxing weekend for boxing fans. You know, a lot of the discussion about the weekend of boxing is whether certain cards should be pay-per-view or not. Nonetheless, lots of good fights out there for Hardcores to see. If you ask me, this is a hardcores weekend. It's not for casuals. It was for us a hardcore boxing fans. Like I said, man, it's the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. It is Easter Sunday. I'm relaxing. We've had some schedule change due to it being Easter Sunday and family obligations. I'm filling in for our, our regular host. That we all know and love Showtime RC I'm filling in for him and Like I always say Big shoes to fill RC says he is 5 foot 8 Doesn't look quite 5 foot 8 On Instagram and things like that But nonetheless That <laughs> is part of it. Yeah. 5 foot 8 And um, he's in the gym also I'm sure he's taking plenty of protein powder and things of that nature. So watch out for a five foot eight Puerto Rican dude in a Dodge Challenger on the rims if you're out there in Northern Cali. But I'm filling in for the homie to love one. It's your boy. Um again enjoying our Easter Sunday with some schedule change. The seven seven o'clock takeoff on this show. Usually coming on at twelve twelve PM PST, two PM Central. That's the time we usually do this. We're pretty consistent about it. But today, due to it being Easter, Resurrection Sunday, you know, there was family obligations out there. Nonetheless, there's a lot of boxing to get into that went down over the weekend. As we speak, we got the NBA playoffs taking hand, and we got one of the juiciest, the juiciest um, games one of the juiciest series between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Portland Trailblazers featuring Damian Lillard and Russell Westbrook going at each other's throat. Now, let me tell you this. I knew Dame Lillard had came into his own around the All-Star break. 
And he said it when he was interviewed after the All-Star game, and he had a lot to do with the outcome of the game with the West taking the victory. And he says, you know, I just feel like I belong now. You know, I've been here a couple times before. I was just kind of the new guy, barely making it in. Now I'm playing them fourth quarter minutes when that All-Star game starts to turn into a real game and guys want to win. So that that is going down as we speak. And that's a juicy, you know, it's a lot of trash talk, a lot of vinegar and piss coming out of both dudes, dudes trying to prove who's the best. So excited that's going on as we speak. Um, but we're going to talk some boxing. Again, it's Easter Sunday, man. I'm here chilling. I got my man Willow online. Let's bring Willow on. Willow, let's see how you doing here on this Easter Sunday, family. How you doing, fam? Oh man, doing great, man. Hey, I'm hyped. I'm hyped out of my shoes. The the White Walkers are there. The Night King is at the Castle Winterfell. Next week is going down. Who will die? Who will survive? Game of Thrones season uh, season eight. Episode number two got me teary-eyed. Everybody's saying their last goodbyes because it's about to go down. Everything we've been waiting for for eight seasons is about to go down next week. These niggas is eye-to-eye. They looking eye-to-eye. They see each other. Boys getting their last piece of pussy. Niggas is saying their last, last goodbyes. It's about to go down, man. I'm hype. Hype about that. Just as hype as I'm about. I'm about uh, James Harden 14 in the fourth quarter on you ho-ass niggas out there. I'm hype about that, too. Great way to end a Saturday night of nonstop boxing is to see my guy get talked shit about for three quarters and then to put in the motherfucking work in the fourth quarter to take it and give us the 3-0 lead. Live by, die by James Harden. Then we had now, I think I think you was talking about Game of Thrones, right? Because some yeah, of us haven't seen that Game show. Yeah, okay. well, yeah, well, if y'all ain't seen it. I, I haven't made no spoilers. Y'all know the shit is going down. The whole thing is about to go down. No spoilers. No, you you know what I said. You can you don't have to worry about because you know what's gonna happen. What you've been waiting for the whole time is happening next week. We're gonna get to see Denver get swept. By James Harden, the best. We got a guy, old uh, old guy that used to um that used to fuck with the uh, old podcast uh, uh, OTG, and um, he was telling me how that if James Harden, if Steph Curry shot as much as James Harden and and did as much as James Harden, he would score forty a game. Then I hit him with the stat that James Harden make scores twenty four points off of sixteen point two shots and. Uh, Steph Curry scores 23 off of 17.1. What does that mean? That means he takes less shots to get more points. Murdered him and RC on Facebook today. These niggas don't know <laughs> anything about basketball. Uh, but then, then we have boxing, man. That, yeah, I'll hit him with that hashtag uh, basketball reference. Because, you know, niggas just be saying anything. If, 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 yeah, whatever. Then we have boxing. Easy work weekend. Only one nigga didn't have easy work. That was Vallejo, whatever his name is, Puerto Rican. But everybody else got it done in great fashion. Everybody from Figueroa to Crawford showed, no, no, 
was, yeah, Figueroa, I think, the guy that started the night. From Figueroa to Crawford, they gave showcase efforts and put in great work. So I'm ready to talk about it, man. We do have uh, Janelle rocking with us, too. Ready to talk about this boxing because, you know, it was a lot of boxing, a lot of sports going down this Saturday before Resurrection Sunday. Yes, sir. Well, let's bring Janelle in. Um, well, let, let me go ahead and uh, bring, let's bring Janelle in and see how he's doing out there on this Resurrection Sunday. Janelle, what up, family? Hey, what's going on, cuz? Oh, oh, man, chilling. Yeah, you know, uh, he's from, he, he from, he from, uh, yeah, he from uh, L.A., man. You can't just be throwing around that cuz. You got to you know what said he's claiming out there, though. We don't know. <laughs> no, we no. don't know. Were you offended right there? You know what I'm You said that boy. <laughs> no, I was like, I mean, oh, oh man. Oh. It's ironic. Oh, no, you know what? It's ironic because, like, I was on the phone with my cousin who actually lives out, out there, West Coast, that. And when I was young, I used to hang around them as I was in California and stuff. So it was like I was I was just talking to him before I called him on the show. That was kind of crazy. I kind of caught myself real quick. I kind of <laughs> yeah. caught myself real quick. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what's so crazy. That's what's so crazy. Because I, I was on the phone with him, and he was just like, cuz this and cuz that. I'm like, you know what I mean? Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you, you would have to watch that if you was around here. You definitely oh, would I always have to do. watch oh, that. I, I'm well aware of that. That's why I caught myself. I was like, oh, shit, the fuck am I doing? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we'd have to uh, watch that kind of stuff, but it is knuckleheads around. But look, Janelle, man, let's get to this boxer, man. I'm going to start from the bottom from the bottom of the card and going up. We have Shakur Stevenson opening up a top-ranked card for HBO. Um Shakur against Chris Diaz. Chris Diaz has been in with stiff competition before. Everyone expected Chris Diaz to be a tough fight, a really tough fight for Shakur, who seems to be progressing yeah, pretty, man. pretty fast here. But we've seen Shakur able to come out here and pitch a shutout, go to distance, box well, um, show power, show he's able to navigate the ring, use the jab. Shakur Stevenson and a lot of people, I think, shocked a lot of people with how he was able to handle Chris Diaz. What do you guys think? Janelle, what do you think about actually, it? Actually, um, that was the major shock of the weekend. That was the major shock of the weekend because I thought that Shakur was biting off more than he could shoot so early in his career to fight a guy with 24 uh, wins and only one loss so early in his career. I thought that, you know what I'm saying, he was going to get a bullet around a bit. I thought that he was going to really have problems on his hands. And the guy is uh, trained by Freddie Roach. So I was thinking that he was biting off way more than he could chew. And uh, he definitely, he stepped up to the plate. I mean, because from, uh, from what I understand, even Andre Word really uh, wasn't confident on getting that fight. But, yeah, he wanted it. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, uh, kudos to him. He sold some real slick boxing. I don't think he, I don't think he's the best defender in the game the way he said he is. I mean, I mean that was going a little too far there. But, I mean – Hey, the guy's confidence, man. He has confidence in his game, in which he should. And, you know, but I still don't want to see him biting off more than he could chew so early in his career. I don't want to see him going up against a top dog too soon. He still has things he's got to work on, you know? I don't agree, make I agree. That, yeah. Uh, don't make the mistake that uh, David Reed made early in his career 
by going after a killer so soon, and then after that, you know what I'm saying, that was the end of his career, you know what I mean? I, I really want to see him mold himself more, you know? Because this is the hurt business. I agree. I agree. Um, we, I, yeah, I agree with you in saying that was the surprise of the weekend. We weren't expected over this weekend to see many competitive fights, and I think the Shakur Stevenson fight was one that we thought was definitely a step up in competition for Shakur. But Shakur, maybe a lot more farther down the line in, the, in his pedigree than we thought. You know, that Olympic background I always bank on. If a guy has that Olympic pedigree, it usually is um, something I use as a confirmation to say this guy has that pedigree to be a professional, and Shakur has that. Willow, what do you think about Shakur's performance? Performance is um, what I thought it was going to be. Um, I wasn't – I don't know if you remember last week I was saying how, you know, it's gonna, it should be easy work showcases for these young guys. Because like I tell y'all once, uh, I tell y'all m- many, many times, you know, these U.K. champions aren't the real deal. And when they come over here and fight supreme athletes, this is what's going to happen. They're going to get out, out athletic, if that's even a word, if that's even how you say it. But, you know, it, he, showed, he showed me what I wanted to see. He showed, he showed excellent boxing skills. He showed, like you said, that Olympic pedigree, showed he could switch it up. Showed if you want to play dirty and step on my feet, I can do the same thing with you. We're going to play. Showed that he's turned into a man. You know, he had the incident where he's fighting. I don't know if he's beating up a woman or not, but he's beating up her boyfriend. So he's got that, you know, lingering, lingering over his head. So it's good to see that he came out and whooped his uh, and whooped that guy's ass. Uh, yeah, pretty much a shutout. I think one one rep gave, gave the guy one round, and the other rest might have gave him two or three rounds. But for me, I had him winning every round, uh, easy work almost. Uh, well, not even almost. It was easy work. He could he can go to the club after that. He had a great night. Um, of course, Stevenson is one of those up and coming guys that we that we want to see, and he he's been on the rise. And this is what I want to see from him. He came up. He wasn't looking too good, uh, maybe like a year, two years ago. Then he might have knocked the last guy out. Now he comes, he steps up and pitches the shutout, looking very good, man. So I like what I see from him. He's the real deal. Uh, I don't know if he's ready for champions yet, but why not? Absolutely. And judging by the backing that Stevenson has, you got to believe he's the real deal. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, was that Jay Prince not in the ring? Yep, Jay Prince, Andre Ward. Yeah, Jay Prince Ward. Yeah, so look here, man, and top and rank. both of those guys didn't want that fight for him. That's what's crazy. Both of those guys didn't want that fight for Stevenson, but yeah, he was he was so animate about getting that fight, and uh, kudos to him, man. Kudos yeah, to him. I mean, like Willa touched on, maybe about a year ago, it was some people out there saying like we weren't in love with his power. We're not sure if he's um you know quite ready to be on the the echelon we're putting him at. And I think this year, this 2019 and late last year, Stevenson has started to really change our minds of how you think about him. You're starting to think about this guy could potentially challenge a champion. And he's, you know, he's looking to fill in his body. We still haven't seen this kid, you know, fill in quite yet. What is he, 20, 21 years old? You know, can a kid even buy a drink? Yeah, Yeah, can he even buy a drink? So. 
he he gets he gets good good work. You know, you, he's hanging around champions. You know, the best Crawford's his big homie. So I like what I see. He's he got that a little mean streak in him. So I like what I see out of this kid. He's full of charisma. He's all smiles, even though he look you know got a bunch of fucking dog teeth in his mouth. He's he's got a big smile and he looks like he likes to fight. So. I'm liking what I see out of Shakur Stevens. I'm liking how they're progressing him. I agree that, you know, we shouldn't throw him in there too soon, but, man, he's definitely looking the part. So uh, definitely Shakur Stevens, and we, we're happy with his performance. Uh, next, we had Tiafimo Lopez, y'all. So Tiafimo came out, and he did his thing against Edis Tatali, 31-2. Edis Tatali. Not don't know a lot about him. NABF lightweight title on the line, and Teofimo came out and does what Teofimo does. You know, put on a show, showed us some explosion, um, some, and put him to bed with a body shot. Didn't look like that big a body shot, but again, maybe it was placed in that proper kidney area, or I think um, Bradley was saying it didn't even hit the kidney side, so. Maybe old Edis Tatali was about ready to check out. Nonetheless, Tiafimo Lopez goes on 13-0, and 11 KOs. On the look spectacular, looking for bigger fights, says he's ready for Lomachenko. Willa, what do you think about Tiafimo's performance? Uh, Tiafimo is a strong bull in there, man. Uh, it's hard to say. I, I don't know if that performance was great. I mean, it was great. No, no, no. But I don't know if he just showed any skill or anything. He showed me that he had heavy hands and he was fast. And he's, uh, you know, not like he's, he, you know, I'm not saying that he is Roy Jones, but he has that Roy Jones feel to him for some reason. What he's doing out there, he's pot shot and he's hitting, you know, he's not as good as Roy Jones. Don't get me wrong. It ain't, he, we ain't watching Roy Jones, but we might be watching Roy Jones, if you know what I mean. So this guy is, this guy's the real deal. Uh, unlike, I think he, he too is 21, 22 years old. Unlike Shakur Stevenson, he's the opposite. He has the skill. I don't think he has, like, supreme, you know, Olympic supreme skills, right? But even though I think he did fight for for his country in uh, Nicaragua, I think he, where he's from, he might have fought for them. But it doesn't seem like he has those supreme skills. But he has that supreme power, and he has supreme speed. This guy, Tiafimo, is the real deal, man. He wiped that guy up. We saw it coming. I don't think the guy – I don't think that shot was that devastating. Like Bradley said, you got you should have been able to get up from that. Um, and speaking of Bradley and Ward, I think Bradley and Ward, they're turning into my favorite guys. This ESPN, uh, ESPN whatever they got going on when we get Bradley and, and Ward, oh, man, that was, that was excellent commentary to me. I like Tim Bradley doing commentary when they added Ward in there giving this little spiel and these guys talking noise to each other. And, you know, I think that these guys are turning into one of the uh, the top two duos in the game. But back to Tiafimo, hey, man, he's the real deal. Is he ready for the guys? Like I said, I don't know if these guys are ready. We don't know if they're ready until they're ready. You know what I'm saying? They look like they're ready. Him and Stevenson look like they're ready, but they're young. And it's hard to go in there against some grown men, but, they're, but that's what they're doing. They're wiping up grown men at this point in time. So they might be ready. And they're so big. You know, they're so young and so much bigger than these other guys, really, that it really don't, you know, that they got a little leeway. 
Yes, sir. And Tiafimo, I'm not sure of his Olympic pedigree. I'm not sure if there is any. But I do know that Tiafimo has a six-time, I believe it is, gold glove champion. So Tiafimo definitely has some amateur pedigree. Uh, fighting out of Brooklyn with that, that gold glove, and, you know, that's a much bigger program on the East Coast, and it definitely counts for something. I'm excited about him. Janelle, did you get to see the Tiafimo Lopez versus Tatali fight? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. All I really saw, honestly, was power and bulliness. Um, he talking about Lomachenko. Well, actually what it showed to beat Lomachenko because Osliso uh, actually beat him by actually bullying him and actually roughhouse him like how Madonna did Floyd and he gave Floyd a tough fight in the first fight. I guess, honestly, that's probably what it would take to beat Lomachenko. But, now, and now will he apply constant pressure to Lomachenko? Because the way he applied his pressure last night, I think Lomachenko would have openings on him. I'm, I'm, yes, he has heavy hands. He has some athleticism and all, but I just didn't see that dog dog in him. Because to beat Loma, I think you have to really make it a really ugly dog fight because you're not going to outbox him. I mean, you just have to make it dirty. You have to make it dirty and real doggy, doggy ways. And, and I just don't, I just didn't see it last night. I just didn't see enough of it last night. All I saw was this guy just overpowering another guy and, and imposing his will, but it was opening for him to get hit that Lomachenko would have exposed. So I'm not completely sold on him as far as him fighting Lomachenko right now. Again, it is still early in his career, so, like, should he take that fight? I mean, I'm, if the guy wants to fight, because a lot of guys not in a rush to fight Lomachenko. So, I mean, if he wants to, I guess, make the fight. But from what I saw last night, I don't see him beat Lomachenko from what I saw last night. You know, he, he has to apply more pressure and throw more sloppier punches to beat Lomachenko. And, you know what I mean? You have to make it really ugly. And those shots that that Loma won't see coming. How many people have got? How many people have put body work on Lomachenko? Like no, not too many. We don't. Right, exactly. I understand this kid is throwing bombs to the body, but we don't really know. Saying. I understand what you're saying, but like he's just not applying enough pressure. Because if he get Lomachenko the space that he gave that guy last night, Lomachenko will cut his angles on him and make him look foolish. I just didn't see enough pressure. But again, if he fights Lomachenko. Uh, maybe he might rise to the occasion and he'll train a lot harder and take the fight more seriously. But the way, like, he was talking about how he was at Lomachenko's fight and he was in his phone the whole time and wasn't watching the fight, I mean, that's not a guy taking a, another guy serious enough. You know what I mean? I mean that's, that's, yeah, but he also that's, but he also watched tape on him and said that, you know, there's there's a couple of ways that he could beat him, but he ain't going to tell you why. He doesn't, you know. He, it's, just, it's just back and forth now trying to build a fight. I think he's doing the smart thing. Well, let's, yeah, see. I mean, let's I, see happens. I I think Lomo Lomo I think you know, he knocked his ass Loma, out. Loma's thing was to act like you know who is this guy uh, you know in the, when they interviewed Loma, but I think Loma knows he exists. I think Loma knows full and well he exists. Right now, Lopez for Lomachenko was high risk, low reward. So but, Lopez and, and, and has about. Is, What's funny is that didn't didn't Lomachenko didn't Lomachenko fight for a belt his second or third fight? Who was he? Like it's yeah. funny how these guys switch styles. Who was he? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and that's that's the the name of the game. You know, once upon a time I was the guy trying to get the position, but now that I have the position, I'm going to question everyone else who wants the position. 
And that's Lopez. Lopez is coming out here and, you know, I'm I'm ready and I want it now. And Lomachenko's job, you know, for a guy, he may not be just dying to fight, especially with the, the cachet that Lopez has. What what does Lopez get get Lomachenko at this point in Lomachenko's career? Lopez Lomachenko needs a Garcia fight. He needs a big pay per view, high profile fight. He doesn't need to go fight Lopez. He can walk away from Lopez for two more years before the before Lomachenko's hand is truly forced to have to fight this guy. So will we see it or not? I, I I'd say no. But if the if the opponents and the the options, the inventory for Lomachenko get that low, we may see this fight before I think we will. You guys got anything on that? I mean, from what I saw last night, I just don't, I just didn't see it last night. I mean, of course, the power, man. I mean, you may Lomachenko respect his power, but again, hey, Walters had power himself, but yeah, he couldn't even touch Lomachenko. You see what I mean? And I, you know I mean, I know Styles make fights, or maybe Lopez might apply more pressure because it's going to take somebody that has nothing to lose, just get in that ring and just and just come nonstop at Loma to actually, actually beat him. It's like a feud of it. It's like how Lehman Bruce would beat Glenn McClisco. He had that chip on his shoulder. He got in that ring. And, and I just I just didn't – I don't know. I just don't see that in Lopez. I just don't see it. I just don't see that chip on his shoulder, that I'm angry at the world. I'm coming no matter what. I don't care if you're the more skilled guy. I just – I don't know if it's just me. I just don't see it in, in, in Lopez. I don't know if it's just me. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I just don't see it. Very well. On to the main event. Terrence Crawford versus Amir Khan. Main event fight. Uh, where did this thing go? Six rounds, I believe it was called in the four. six. I think it was four, four rounds, rounds, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. We should have that. Uh, what, we got, what, what was my fact? It was a TKO in the six. Six rounds. That was six? Right. Six yeah, rounds. Yeah. 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 Uh, sure? Do low blows. Yeah, I think it was yeah. the six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Due to yeah, a yeah. low blow. Six round TKO. Amir Khan saying, I, I, I can't continue. Due to a low blow. Alleged. We've seen up close shots. We've seen up close steals since. Didn't look like it hit. Didn't look like it hit the balls. Didn't look like it hit the genital area. We've seen clips in um, video since of Terrence Crawford asking Amir Khan in the post-conference of the fight, hey, come on, man, you know that didn't hit you in the lower region. That hit your leg. And Amir Khan just looking to kind of dwindle in the question and wither. It was actually sad, man. It was actually sad in my estimation. But nonetheless, Terrence Crawford taking a six-round TKO. Um, Had to go to the cards. Amir Khan couldn't continue from that point. Virgil Hunter, uh, you know, it looked like the writing was on the wall from the first round. Amir Khan went down twice in the first round and uh, just didn't seem to have that fight in him, in my estimation. It seems Amir Khan made a quick evaluation. He said, yeah, I don't like this. I'm going to find the nearest way out as soon as possible. And that time presented itself in the sixth round, and Amir took it. Sad, 
it's sad. You know, we, we didn't know this was in the mirror. But I said on Wednesday, on this here very fine podcast, I said, this is the first time Amir doesn't go into the fight with near single attribute in his favor. He ain't the faster guy here. He ain't the better boxer here. He ain't stronger. He ain't younger. None of those things go into Amir Khan's checklist. And I said, I don't think Amir is here to win. I think Amir is here for a check. And I think that came out, and that was the truth. Amir didn't give it all his heart, guts, and glory. Amir took the nearest way out. Didn't put up much of a fight, you know, um, you know, put up just of enough of a fight to look like he wanted to kind of win. But the beating that was imminent, Amir wasn't willing to take. And that's just the truth about it. Willa, what you think, player? Oh, man, I think you got it. I think you got it all wrong. I think Amir Khan went in there fully thinking he was going to win. He went in there fighting. He got dropped early. He came back fighting with a couple of good shots. He was fighting the whole time. He wasn't there to he wasn't there to quit at first. Then he started getting his ass whooped. He was getting beat up and he couldn't do anything about it. This is the first time we ever seen Amir Khan get just child's played like that. You know, most of the fights he's lost, he's winning and he and he gets slept. This type of fight, even in the Canelo Canelo he was winning early. Then he started getting beat up, and he got slipped. But he wasn't winning at all this fight. Crawford, uh, Crawford just had him in had him in neutral the whole time. But I think I think Amir Khan was the faster boxer. I think he had the faster hands. He just wasn't the better boxer. Because when he was hitting Crawford, he was hitting him with some quick pieces, but they weren't. You know, they didn't have any power, and they they were few far in between. Uh, Crawford showed that he's the best powerful pound boxer in the game again. Um, you know. Amir Khan, he got his ass whooped, he, and he went out. He, he probably should go out in that kind of situation. You get hit, you know you're about to take an ass whooping. You know, you make a veteran call. You know, you say, hey, get me out of here. Because I got a, I got another $7, 8000000 million fight that I could fight against uh, Kell Brooks back, in, back at home. So I tried this one. It didn't work. Don't get me out of here. He got hit low, but it was in the leg. But he was getting his ass whooped. You see his face. It was bruised and battered. Uh, he was about to go out there real soon. I think Amir Khan showed heart until he quit at the end. But I think that's just a business decision he had to make. Because it seemed like he was going to fight, and then he asked. And then I think when, his, when Virgil gave him, a, gave him a way out, he took the way out. But it was all on him. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't – they didn't have – so he got the TKO because it wasn't – I think there was some confusion I've been reading about. So he got the TKO because if you get hit in the balls um, and if you get hit in the balls on accident and you can't go after five after a five-minute break, you, you lose. That's just how it goes. So you can – you know, that's just – that is what it is. He, so he – TKO in the six. They gave up. Uh, another knockout for Terrence Crawford, the powerful power, best in the game. Chanel, what you think about it? Hey, like I called last week, 
I compared this fight to when Shane Mosley was fighting Pacquiao. Everybody was amping the fight up, thinking that Shane Mosley was still the Shane Mosley that fought De La Hoya in the first fight back in 99 or 2000, whenever it was. It was like, I mean, come on, come on, Americans been slept how many times? Um, yeah, it's just a one-age difference, but as far as boxing age, Americans is old, man. He's been hurt. He's been slept a few times. You know what I mean? He's, you know what I mean? He's, you know what I mean? He's like, come on, man. He's like, I mean, he's just not that fast or that. I mean, Mirkan never had. He never had defense anyway. He saw that fight last night. He had no defensive skills. His his defense was always his athletic defense to avoid getting out of the As far as running and stuff with his legs. But you saw how he covered up and he was still getting hit. You know what I'm saying? Because he got no defense. But it's like, I mean, by amping the fight up, I'm like, how you amping this fight up, man? This fight is nothing, man. I mean, I mean he's not. He's not. He's not among. Are the best hands in boxing anymore? The best combination of what he once was, and even if he was, it would have probably been competitive for like three rounds. Or so, I mean, there was times he landed some right hands and stuff, but as they called it, okay, he was never sitting down on those shots. So, in other words, it wasn't really phasing Crawford because he wasn't sitting down on it. It was just like you know, what I'm saying, just like a shot as far as come and do something, and then uh, circle around and get out of the way a bit. So it's like, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, there's nothing I didn't expect. Oh, oh, Crawford's still pound for number one in my eyes. But I think the Brook fight's off the table because now Brook is calling out Crawford now. So I think American kind of – I know what American was doing. He sort of did like what Kel Brook did with Triple G and Spence. Okay, say if he would have fought Spence first and then lost and Triple G fight off the table. Okay, I'm going to fight the bigger, stronger guy. I'm going to take this million-dollar fight here. Because uh, Spence fight still available afterwards. And then he fought both guys and made good paydays. You know what I mean? So Khan figured, okay, oh, the Brook fight would always be there. Okay, now, but if I lose the bud, I don't think it will be there as much anymore. So let me fight Crawford first, and then I go back home and fight Brook. But now Brook is saying that he wants bud instead. He doesn't even want Khan uh, 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 anymore. So that's an interesting fight right there, you know. Yeah, and in the aftermath, we have a lot of talk about this card being pay-per-view or not. Um, oh, you yeah. Know. Hell, no. that, that that fight should have been regular ESPN+. Plus. I mean, I regretted that I even ordered that shit. I mean, I'm just a fight <laughs> fan. I'm, I would have... Oh, you I mean, ordered that, fan, huh? I mean, I'm a fight fan. I, mean, I order a lot of fucking dumb fights. I'm just a fight fan. But, I mean, if I was, like, uh, making, like... If I was scratching uh, scratching and clawing to make money or whatever, or if I, didn't, or if I was, like, making about 50000 a year, then I definitely wouldn't have bought it. You know what I mean? But the average work class American, I mean, saying those guys don't, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just a sell that shit for free, seriously. Yeah, I think it might break all kind of streaming records, but over under, guys, over under 130,000, over under, Willa, over under 130. Oh, 130, I'm going to probably go under. Now, you know. You got to realize, guys are doing, you know, Triple G did 65, his first one, you know. The guys can, you know, this is their first. I'm not, it, we're probably seeing 50 to 75,000 buys. Uh, I think that's all they, all they wanted. Wow, Janelle, over under I hope it's under so that I hope it's under so they'll learn a lesson and stop putting these bullshit fights on pay-per-view. I hope it does fucking 30 sales or some shit, you know what I mean? I mean, literally, I'm not even fucking bullshitting, seriously, because, like, I mean, I'm, I'm to put that shit on pay-per-view, 
I mean, but they did promote it properly, man. They have both guys on first take. They have both guys, you know, really promoting this fight well. Everybody thinking that Khan's going to uh, throw one last array and really give uh, a crawl for the fight, and it was promoted well. So I'm thinking it'll go over, but I hope it's under, though, man. I really do. Because, I mean, I mean, this is what we hate. I, I mean, this is one thing I actually hate about boxing. It's like you watch fucking NBA playoffs, NBA finals, shoot ball, all that shit's regular TV. But a fight like that you had to fucking pay fifty some dollars for? Come on, man. That's why I bought yeah. seventy. Seventy, yeah, because we own HD. Everybody own HD nowadays, so that's what I paid. But that's why boxing really? is losing, man. You watch all the other sports you watch on regular TV for free. Shoot ball. You watch, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, know, you got to pay to watch these bullshit matches. Come on, man. You a good fan for that, and I respect you. But before we close this topic, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the oldest crybaby in the history of crybabies, Bob Arum. You know, just up there crying, 90 years old and crying. I was like, wow, I've never seen a dude get in the ring and be that blatant and overt and trying to put a man on blast. That's something we don't see in boxing. We all know if we've ever seen it. But Al Heyman, knowing his guy, the inventory, the inventory is low. We have to dig Amir Khan up, and he tried to use us as the fans to foot the bill for these motherfuckers' purses. Amir Khan got a good he got a good purse to take that ass whooping. Amir knew he was getting whooped, okay? And he got paid well to do it. But this is what we have to do to keep Terrence Crawford relevant for leverage and negotiations in the future. We got to make pay-per-views. We got to fight names like Amir Khan. And all that equals to is us as boxing fans footing the bill for this pay-per-view. And Bob Arum's old, but 90 years old, then got in the ring and got to cry. Look, get your inventory up. What y'all got? What you got about that, Willow? How you feel about Arum getting in the ring and, uh, you know, attempting to put Al Heyman on blast and saying Heyman's the main culprit in the Crawford versus Spence fight not happening? You know, unlike you two guys, I hate to side with the other man, but I'm going to have to on this one. You know, you oh, got to wow. put pressure Shocker. You gotta put pressure on these guys. Shocker. You got to put pressure on these guys to make the fight happen. We want to see it happen, man. So, you know, you call out the guy that can make it happen. I'm reading um, Bob Aaron's talking about a 50-50 split on the TV or whatever, you know, so it don't matter where it is. We're just going to do 50-50. We'll see. You know, I doubt. I forgot how many people were in the, in the, uh, what is it called, AT and T Center or whatever it's called in Dallas or no in uh, Arlington, but I think there's like fourteen thousand people. They said in Madison Square Garden, which I think is probably, it might be packing that up. You know, because they only do they're not doing the full the full arena. They usually do you know like three quarters of it or something like that. So. You know, but I think Earl Spence might have did 40,000, 50,000, something like that. Um, so, 
we'll see if they're t- if they're gonna. I know they're not gonna want to take fifty fifty, and that's where it's gonna not go down. That, but you got to put pressure. The only way to make things happen is to put pressure on them. So they put pressure on Al Heyman. You keep on keep on saying it. Keep on saying he's the reason why they happen. So you know, he if he wants to save face, he's forced to make something happen. Now, <clears throat> you know, I was hearing something crazy about maybe Spence if he doesn't fight a top opponent, a guy for the belt, instead of fighting Crawford, he might fight Figueroa. Uh, I hope this isn't true. I think uh, I either read that or somebody texted to me. Uh, maybe Sean texted to me or something like that. If this is true, this is a super duck. I don't want to hear from Spence, uh, I mean, from uh, yeah, from Spence ever again. He's fighting Omar Figueroa. Even though Omar Figueroa just washed up an old guy. Spence is crazy. So, we'll see. But I agree with Aaron. Even though Aaron is a whiny baby, usually right, for big fights, you got to put pressure on each other, man. That's the only way to make it happen. Janelle, your feelings? I mean, yeah, I think it's time to make the fight, man. I mean, I have a feeling... I have a feeling the fight's going to get made early 2000. It's going to be like the big fight to, to uh, kick off the year 2020. I don't think it's going to happen at the end of the year. I think uh, Spence is going to fight one more fight. Probably might fight a southpaw. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's now or never, man. Uh, Thurman already said that he's not fighting Spence until, like, fucking another year or two. I mean, if it's not Crawford, I would prefer it to be Porter. At least at least fight a Porter, a Porter or Danny Garcia, even or I won't say it's a duck. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, I want to see one of those two guys close up the year then fight Crawford early next year. But, yeah, man, I mean, I don't want you to fucking figure it out. I don't understand why the time is now when right over here at home, at my promotion I have Keith Thurman, Sean Porter, Manny Pacquiao, all with belts. The time is now for Terrence Crawford. Not so much for Errol Spence. Well, keep in review. mind, um, keep in mind, guys like Thurman, Pacquiao, they already took both Crawford and Spence off their radar. Thurman, Pacquiao, um, those guys don't want it with those two guys. That's why it's like only guys willing to fight those two guys is Porter. And this is why I give Porter a lot of credit because Porter won't fight anybody. But actually, you got um, Brooke now uh, screaming out Crawford's name. So... You know what I mean? So um, I can see that fight happening this this year. Spence fight Porter, and then next year, early next year, the Bud Spence fight is made. I can see that happening. I hope it I happens. can. If I'm Al Heyman, I can we'll eliminate Pacquiao Thurman. That's fine. I can fight Ugas. I can fight Danny Garcia. I can fight Sean Porter. You know, there's no whole reason to rush over there to help this guy stranded, alone, having to dig up names like Amir Khan, who we know is shot in a shell of himself. And that's where we are. And it's just simple business at the end of the day, if you ask me. But that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. We'll move on. We're on to the other side of the tracks. FS1, PBC. StubHub Arena here in Carson. Well, I don't think it's called the StubHub anymore. It's called something else now. But fuck it. We're going to call it the StubHub. The dearly beloved StubHub Center here in Carson, California. 
Danny Garcia versus Adrian Granados. In a fight that I predicted would be hellacious, would be the testing of Danny Garcia's will, but it wasn't. Danny Garcia came out here and showed us, like Meek Mill prophetically said, there's levels to this shit. And he put, put he made easy work of the smaller, weaker Adrian Granados. Danny Swift Garcia coming out and making a statement in my estimation, saying, hey, I want back in the conversation. I want back in the conversation amongst the top welterweights. I'm putting everybody on notice. I want y'all to know I'm hungry again, and it's the old Swift, and I'm looking to dispatch of anybody who's coming in not prepared and not on this echelon. You see, the two losses that I suffered, they're debatable. They're definitely debatable and close fights, close. Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, I think Danny Garcia still wants that smoke. Danny looked great. He's back on my radar as one of the better fighters or one of the definitely better fighters and contenders in the welterweight division. I think Danny Garcia will make a hard night for any man out there, Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence included, any single one of them. Danny Garcia made easy work of Adrian Gennardos, who for the first time, and I couldn't have ever imagined this, for the first time I seen quit. I seen Adrian Gennardos question, you know, was it all worth it? Is this worth it? Went through Adrian Gennardos' mind, and I never thought I would see that. And Danny Garcia made him think twice. I was tripping. I didn't know Danny was Danny couldn't miss right hand left hand he couldn't fucking miss it was like a, a heat sinking missile to Adrian Ganado's head who seemed to not have any answer no response no power no ability to change the momentum of the fight nothing he could do but succumb to the power the precision timing of Danny Swift Garcia Willa what do you think about the performance brother Damn, damn, RC's going to love you for that, man. <laughs> RC's going to love you for well, that one. Well, as we were talking about the fight last uh, last show, you know, I was saying how it was going to be easy work and how, you know, it was this this should be a knockout. And then you talked me into, you know, you talked me into thinking that it might be a good fight. So I should have stuck with what I thought. You know, Danny Garcia is, is pretty, like I said, he's a B-plus guy, but he has that heart and he has that chin. And he and he wants to fight. Now we didn't we didn't know that he was going to come out throwing bombs like this. You know he threw way more punches than he usually throws. It looked like to me. I don't I didn't count it, but it looked like he was a little more aggressive. It looked like he was trying to, you know, he was just throwing shots, trying to make a statement. And he made a statement. Now he looks strong as hell in there. You know he's dropping boys with baby check left hooks. You know sitting them down. You know a guy that hasn't been stopped before. Um, so I don't know if this is the, you know, new science as he's messing around with any kind of science or anything what's going on, but he looked hella strong. Um, you know, he's looking like he's looking like the Danny Garcia of old. And usually when a guy that's getting old looks like the the guy of old, he's on something new. That's what it looked like to me. 
But, hey, I'm not here to, you know, judge or anything like that. He looked good. Another A-plus performance that was easy work, dropping boys. Like you said, he couldn't miss, throwing all kinds of shots. Looked like he was, trying, you know, loading up. You know, this was good Danny Garcia. I want to see him back in, back fighting the, the upper echelon guy, see if this is the real deal, or see if he was just fighting, you know, a guy that he seemed like he was way bigger than somehow. Yes, sir. Janelle, your thoughts, family? Man, R.C. had to love what he seen last night. And, then, you know, he probably was breakdancing after he seen that shit. You know, I mean, he didn't go see his biggest fan. Uh, yeah, Danny Garcia, look, I, I mean, it, it looked like he's officially a welterweight now. You know, I mean, when he first went welterweight, I mean, I didn't think his power carried up. I was always one of those guys that was like, okay, um, he's not a welterweight. But last night, I actually saw a welterweight last night. It's like his body actually grew into the division. Um, I still don't think he beat the top guys at welterweight. Again, Granados had no power, so that's why he had no respect on coming forward the way he did. It's like guys like Thurman, of course, he was very respectful of Thurman's power. And Thurman rocked him a few times. You know what I mean? I mean, he had to be respectful of those guys' power. Uh, same thing with Porter. He was very respectful of Porter's power. I mean, Granados is not actually a welterweight. You know what I mean? He's a light-punching guy. I mean, even at 140, he wasn't a, a, a good puncher. So it's like, I mean, you got to look at level of competition, really. You know what I mean, I don't judge that competition. That fight last night said that he's an elite welterweight. Because that guy he fought last night is nowhere near welterweight. So it's like, you know, I mean, Granados is just not anything I'm going to clamor for and say, okay, now, okay, now you can go among the Thurmans and the Spences and the Crawfords because all those guys still beat him. I will go on record and say I'll take Garcia in a rematch versus both Sean Porter and Keith Thurman. Whoa. Whoa. That's how impressed Whoa. I am. Now call Whoa. me impressionable then. Call me impressionable. Whoa. I'm fine Whoa. with that. I'm immature Whoa, then. Fuck it. Oh, I'm easily man. I'm Crazy. easily swayed. I'm easily yeah, swayed. Well, had I know no power gave, though, man. Yeah, I know he that no he gave power. those guys he gave both those guys a run for their money and now all of a sudden he's a little stronger. So does that little strength give him the edge over those guys? I think, you know, especially I don't think so. You see what it was? If you know where your opponent's going to be at all times, it's like hitting a heavy bag. He was setting his feet and, and, and letting go. Against guys like Porter, who's actually turned them at times, and guys like Thurman, uh, Thurman, who's the most athletic welterweight out there, it's not always there for you to land that shot against those guys. I mean, Granados is there to get hit. It's like hitting a heavy bag. The guy's just right there in front of you. You know what I mean? Come on, Porter's not going to be right there in front of you. Neva is Thurman. I mean, come on, don't don't judge what you saw last night and saying he beat those guys rematches when those when Granados is nowhere near the the, the Thurmans and the Porters and the Spencers and the and the Crawfords. Come on, come on, don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't. And not to mention Granados is, yeah, is, is a very and Granados is also a very light puncher. He's a light, light puncher. Thurman and Porter can bang, they can bang. Come on, man. I'm, I'm saying it. I'm out there with it. I'm saying it. I'm taking Danny versus both of them because I feel like Porter has definitely reached his ceiling. Uh, Porter has gotten farther than I think any of us expected three years ago. Keith, 
we're not sure how much Keith even wants to box anymore. Keith has done nothing to show me other than the Keith, Keith of two years ago, pre prior injury Keith. I know nothing about Keith Thurman at this point. That said, I feel like Danny's the hungrier, bigger, stronger of the three, and I'm taking Danny straight up. I think that's the most logical pick. Who are you picking, Keith, based on what? Something that happened two years ago? What, what you picking? Well, I'll bet you on that. He, I'll bet you well, on that. We got to bet. Oh, man, I, Keith I, has given you nothing, nothing to make you think he even wants to fight, let alone fight a hungry, resurgent Danny Garcia. So, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, I, man, look at who yeah, they got. Danny Garcia though, with this new science, 50-50 fight. Oh, uh, here go Conspiracy Willa. Here go Conspiracy <laughs> Willa. Hey, I just now knew, Danny I just got to be on the shit. Now. Hey, he just looked real strong in there, though. You know. Hey, that could be either a compliment. That could be a compliment. Danny's clean. I, I, shit, I want to say this was Vada tested. Uh, I don't know that for certain, but um, I don't mean oh, shit. Oh man, this shit. I, I think I think Danny looked looked great, and Willis saying he's on that shit is also a confirmation of Danny looking great. You know, no, I, I think like great. I said, I think he looked that he looked strong because the guy is it look. Oh, Granados is there to get hit. He's like right in front of him. He's square up. It's like hitting a heavy yeah. bag. You gonna get the best punch? Get the heavy bag. Sean Porter didn't. Sean Porter couldn't do nothing. Sean Porter arguably lost his fight versus Granados. Nah, he won that fight, man. He won that fight. Uh, It was close. It was close. Broner, what about Broner? Hella close. Yeah, Broner. Broner ain't no welterweight though. He ain't no welterweight. Danny made him quit. And Danny now he is. But, you know, he's getting around that age where, you know, you can't be, you know, you start to grow into get into your real man body. So, you know, maybe he's just, he's just there now. Or maybe Janelle's right. It's just because he was there to, he was uh, there to be hit so he could throw all his power. But when he hit him with that hook, that little check hook, that wasn't all, that wasn't a whole power shot. That wasn't like he was loading up. He just swung that hook out there and pushed that boy back uh, between the ropes. So, Absolutely, you know. I think both things are true Both things are true It's a little bit of Granados And it's a little bit of Danny I think we have two truths in this conversation However Very efficient tonight We're going to be very efficient We ain't going to leave no fat We trimming the fat here tonight Outsiders Boxing Podcast About an hour long show here y'all um, Looking to be efficient It's work day tomorrow It's late in the evening for us all I'm your boy, JP. Uh, Willa, Janelle, y'all got any closing remarks, man? We're going to go on to wrap it up. Um, uh, yeah, hey, well, shout-out to Andy Ruiz Jr., because that boy was uh, dropping bombs on uh, – I forgot who the hell he was fighting. And my boy Omar Figueroa dropped an old man early. You know, it was a good night of fighting last night, man. So, yeah, just shout-out to that boy Fat-Ass Ruiz, because he was dropping bombs. On some, I forgot what his name was, but some noticeable heavyweight guy gave him their work. Janelle, anything you want to talk about in boxing before we up out of here, bro? Yeah, um, well, I mean, basically, I mean, hey, 
a boxing man. We got some uh, uh, good things going on. The 160 division, the, the welterweight division. Uh, we got some divisions out there. It's actually um, up and rising, man. Up and coming. We got some big fights looking forward to, man. Stay tuned. Everybody listen to the show because we got some. Um, so we got some good things to talk about coming up. That's all I had to say. Absolutely. So it looks like we got Canelo and Jacobs coming on down the road, and that's it. I think it'll be DAZN's first time making me have to look at options to subscribe. I think I'm going to take my trial period here soon just so I can get that Canelo-Jacobs fight. Unfortunately, a quick preview of that fight, I think we're going to have a black eye on boxing again. I think Jacobs is going to give Canelo a hell of a fight. He's going to win in the in the eyes of a lot of the boxing fans. Yeah, he's going to get robbed, robbed. for lack of a better word. And Canelo's going to go on and, you know, get the victory. Adelaide Bird is on the card, I I hear. And, you know, it's going to be another bullshit Canelo, you know, gift. Canelo, in my estimation, hasn't gotten that win in his career that puts him on this, this pedestal that he's on. His best win, I think, is over Miguel Cotto and I don't know, man. Maybe I had some kind of weird goggles on that night. I thought Cotto was beating him pretty easily early on in that fight through the first six rounds. So, but, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've seen it, and I've, I've heard people come out and say and agree with me. So, all that said, that's for another day. What you you got something to say, Willa? No, no, that was it. Hey, Willa, you crazy. <laughs> no, that was it. <laughs> well, enough said then. It's been the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. Thank you to Willa. Thank you to the Janelle for stopping through. Uh, shout out to the homie missing in action and living his best life like Lil Duval. Like he always do. Us older cats, we live vicariously through RC. And when RC is out living his best life, your boy JP will be filling in. Until the next time, Outsiders Boxing Podcast. We'll play that shit. Mom, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.